0: Amen. Good morning, everybody. Well, I got a question for you. How many preachers do we have here today? Preachers, 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 preachers. There's a couple, there's a couple, there's a couple. Really, I think there's more. If, if, if we got some preacher, raise your hand couple there, a couple there, a couple here, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, you know, I got something up my sleeve, don't you? <laughs> I'm going to take the day off. No. <laughs> I couldn't resist. Oh, no, man. Man, I tell you what, I, I do I do love uh, to share the word. And I tell you, uh, this week the Lord was just really speaking to my heart on just just our, our, our lives, ourself, you know, as being Christians. And so I, I asked that question, how many people are preachers? And, and I said, and, and, you know, after that I thought, well, why not? Now, I realize everybody not, might not be called to preach in this setting, but I believe we're all preachers, amen? You knew that was coming, didn't you? Yes, indeed. We're all preachers because I tell you what, we we're all have a story to tell. And that's what this, this sermon's about. It's called, it's called daily sermons. You know, that's real deep, isn't it? Well, it will be. <coughs> daily sermon. Regardless, we preach a sermon every day. Whether you're standing behind a pulpit, whatever you're doing, at your work, at your job, with your kids, your grandchildren. Every day, we preach a sermon of some some type, have you ever thought about that? you know I don't think we really think about that. That's what the Lord was showing me this week. and so every day we have an opportunity to speak into somebody's life to encourage others and everything else. So let me ask you real quick, this week, what type of sermon did you preach? May Miss Robert, you need to be in the front row. <laughs> That's great. That's actually. Did you need my notes? Oh, you heard me. There you go. I was preaching to the couch last night. Must have had the window open. Yeah. But that's, you know, what, what is it? Sometimes, you know, think about it. Did we preach an uplifting message, you know, by the way we live, by the way we encourage people, like she said? Um, was it challenging? Was it convicting? Was it convincing? So all those things, uh, we have an opportunity. Everywhere you go is a platform to, to represent Christ. Amen. And look, I know sometimes we just don't represent them well. Amen. But I tell you what, what do we say? It's a new day. So let's represent them well today, Amen. God's in the forgiving business. Aren't you glad? We raised everything. Amen. Yeah, man. So I'm just, I'm just excited to share this message. And, and this is where we're going to jump in. If you have your Bibles with you, we're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 primarily. But I've got most of the main verses we're going to deal with up here. Um, but I always encourage you to bring your Bibles. All right, well, let's go ahead and read that. 2 Corinthians 3.3 3 says, Clearly, you are a letter from Christ showing the result of our ministry among you. This letter is written not with pen and ink, but with the spirit of the living God. It is carved not on tablets of stone, but on human hearts. Now, that's a pretty powerful statement. And I want to give you a little background message what was going on. When Paul was, was speaking this to the church of Corinth, there, had a lot, there was a lot of folks coming in. And, uh, and, and we're going to read it right through here, but I'm just giving give you a little background. I like to set, set up the, the whole deal, the delivery for this thing. There was a lot of folks trying to come in and, and, and twist the message a little bit. They, they were saying, oh, no, 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 you got to do this. There's a lot of people false teaching. Amen. That's why we got to always go back to the word. We always got to build it on the word. Amen. And see what's going on there. So when we look at this, I just want to give you a little background. On what was going on. And, and some guys were getting, they were getting letters from, you know, the who's who, you know, and say, oh, hey, uh, this guy sent us and this guy sent us. But Paul says, you know what? You're a letter from Christ because of the word. You, you know what? We're a representative of Jesus Christ is what he's saying. We don't need a letter. Amen? We've got the spirit of God in us. But I want to go ahead and just hit, hit a little bit of that right there. So what he was doing, he was combating some of those false teachings because sometimes people want to add stuff to God's word. God doesn't need our help, does he? In his word, it, it, it's, it, it take care of it. It'll take care of itself. We just need to speak it. Amen? So we're going to do a little reading here. We're still in chapter three and we'll walk through this here and kind of give you the background. And this is what Paul starts to say. He says, are we beginning to praise ourselves again? Are we like others who need to bring you letters of recommendation, or who ask you to write such letters on their behalf? Surely not. See, they were saying, well, who sent you? Who are you? Well, you watch. He's going to tell them who we are. The only letter of recommendation we need is you yourself. Your lives are a letter written in our hearts. Everyone can read it and recognize our good work among you. Clearly, you are a letter from Christ showing the result of our ministry among you. This letter is written not with pen and ink, but with spirit, with the spirit of the living God. It is carved not on tablets of stone, but on human hearts. Sounds like a relationship, doesn't it? Amen. And look at this. He comes on down. He says, we are confident in all this because of our great trust in, in God through Christ. It is not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own. Our qualification comes from God. He has enabled us to be ministers of the new covenant. This is a covenant not written with law, but of the spirit. The old written covenant ends in death, but under the new covenant, the spirit gives life. Amen. So I'm going to break that down. I'm going to put that in Buckrow translation for you guys and make it real simple. I said, Paul was letting folks that he didn't need a letter from man because he had a message from God. You know what I'm saying? If you know you got a message from God, you don't need need somebody signing off on your toe tag or anything else. Now, let me tell you, there are things that that, uh, God will use and open doors and different things like that. But what I want you to see is the power of God's word will stand against anything. That's what we're talking about. And I'm telling you, the spirit that lives in us, we're not alone. Amen. So this is what he's saying here. And I I just, you know, sometimes I think when we're standing on, on uh, sometimes some, some rough ground, we go, man, we forget who we are in Christ. Don't forget who you are in Christ. Amen. Especially in the crisis. That's when he should rise up even more so. And I said, he was standing on God's best. He was standing on God's word. He was standing on God's promises. But let me ask you a question. Are you confident in Christ this morning? Are you confident in Christ? Very good. Let's talk a little bit about that. If you got your notes, you got some really nice things we can write down and you can save and keep on uh, going over them to build yourself in the confidence of Christ. Amen. No, that's not me. I don't think I was ever that skinny. But isn't Miss Tony does a great job finding those, those pieces here. So let's take a look at this. We're going to take a walk right down verse four. All right, and it says again, we are confident of all of this because of our great trust in God through Christ. He made it about the main thing. You know what we say a lot of times: keep the main thing, the main thing. That's what he did. It wasn't about him. It wasn't about his background. Paul speaking, and he had a pretty impressive resume if you want to look at that. But he knew it wasn't about him. It was about God. And when we realize and we jump out of our pity party and jump on to what God's doing, then guess what? We have boldness and confidence and all those things. Are you ready to jump over? Amen. So he says, hey, it's all about our great trust in God through Christ. Here we are. Now, when I was writing this last night, the Lord spoke to my heart and I got a question for you. Two questions. Are you confident in Christ? Amen. Raise your hands. Y'all can talk to It'll be on the table. We'll make sure. Yeah, they're good. Wow. Come on, man. If y'all was at a hockey game or something, you'd be going, yeah, let's go. We're talking about Jesus. We ought to be excited. So we have confidence in Christ. Now, this is what the Lord showed me last night. He said, ask this. Do you have the confidence of Christ? Think about that. There's a difference, isn't it? I'm going to tell you what he showed me about this last night. I can have confidence in Christ. Yeah, he could do it. We know God can do it. We can do it. But do I have the confidence of Christ in me? And that's what I hope today is we let it drop from, from here in our heads to our hearts. Because when we have the confidence of Christ, we're going to start seeing God doing a mighty move. Amen. Because that's where that boldness is going to come. That's when you, man, I got some stories I can hardly wait to get there. God showed me a lot of cool stuff this week. But that's when, that's going to take you out of your comfort zone just a little bit. Amen. But guess what? You're not worried about your comfort zone because you have the confidence of Christ. That's what I pray that we see today. All right. So a lot of times when we have confidence, we got to know the truth. Amen. Knowing the truth brings confidence. Can can somebody say amen to that? You know, that's the starting point of knowledge. We need to know the truth. See, you know, um, how many have been working on a project And you talk to a couple people and I need you to do this. And can you take care of that? And you get that over here and everything. And it comes back and it's nothing even close to what you're thinking. Yeah. Yeah. That happens at my house because sometimes they go, what? I don't understand what I said. Get in whatchamacallit and hook it to the thingamabob and we'll be fine. (laughs) And and they go, what? (laughs) Well, in our minds, we know exactly what we're saying. Instead of saying, get the garden hose. And, and you know, put it on, thread it on the the. the you can see why we've got problems. You can see why we got problems in my house already. <laughs> what a great communicator! But what I'm saying is, a lot of times we'll see it right here, but the time we convey it, there's a few pieces of the puzzle, right? A lot of times, you know what? If we don't have all the pieces of the puzzle, it's hard to act on the truth. Amen. That's why it's always important to have the Bible as our centerpiece. Amen. That's what I'm talking about. Having the Bible as our centerpiece. Well, what else happens? Confidence. When we we know the truth, then we can start acting on the truth. What do you mean by that? I said acting on the truth is applying the wisdom it brings to your life. The truth must be acted on to bring proper results in our life. We can know in our heads that Jesus is the son of God, but it doesn't save us until we receive it in our life. Did y'all hear that? Did y'all hear that? You can know about God and not know God. Please listen close to what I'm saying. I had talked to one of my buddies, dad, over and over. He knew in his head the gospel message better than I did. But at that particular time, he wouldn't receive it. I don't know why. <laughs> and, and it wasn't my uh, part to wrestle him down and, and, you know, nudge him to Jesus. It was to speak the word and encourage him. Amen. And that's what I hope we see today. So, you know what? We can turn around and what we need to do is look at what God's shown us and continue to just speak the word and give the best presentation that we can. Has anybody had an opportunity to share their faith this week? Good, good. Think about that. There's always opportunities, I think, if we're looking. And that's my prayer that we always have every day we have an opportunity to share our faith some way, some some shape or form. And you know, a lot of times it's not breaking out your Bible at lunchtime. It could be. Or any of those things. You'll be surprised how much you share your faith and don't even realize it. We're preaching all the time, amen? We're daily sermons for the Lord. So going back to this, I want to read this again. I said, you know, you can know about Jesus in your head, believe he's the son of God, right? But it doesn't save you until you call on the name of Jesus, when you activate it, when you act on the truth, when we say, Lord, come into our life, we can have a lot of, uh, you know, you can have the checkbook, right? And it's not activated. It's not redeemed until you sign it and they cash it. You see what I'm saying? Or a coupon. It doesn't do you any good. keeping it in your pocket. You have to redeem it. I pray today that you redeem what Christ has done for you by calling on the name of Jesus. So what has to take place? A conversion. A conversion. I said, it takes that conversion, meaning it's the moment you ask Christ into your life, the moment you trust him in his perfect sacrifice for all you sin. And this is something that is is really might be a sad surprise here. How many people come right to the edge of salvation and freeze and look back? Here's the bad thing. Here's the terrible thing. If they die without Christ, it ain't going to take long to fall out. Amen. So they freeze in their tracks. And I'm not being funny about that. I just want to kind of visualize some of those things. Can I tell you a story? How many know that I don't mind sharing Jesus? Amen? Not a bit, not a bit, not a bit. Can you tell sometimes when somebody is being drawn to you a little bit? Working with this guy for, for quite a while. And I noticed when I take my break, he takes his break. I say, hey, how you doing? We talk about everything. We talk about the kids. Nice guy. A lot of nice guys going to hell, right? Because you need Jesus. You don't get there being a nice guy. You get there putting your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. God's work ethic is unbelievable. I mean, he does his work. And I, I mean, nothing gets rejected. I mean, it is. It's not. Enjoy spending time talking to the guy. And I noticed over the last few weeks, he's been asking me spiritual questions. Asking me, what you preaching on this week? What's going on like that? So guess what? Ding, 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 ding. God's moving in this man's life. Right? So what I want to do, I want to love him to the Lord. So we were working on the job the other day and I sat down. And the Lord said, ask him. I said, Okay. And it's loud, and all of a sudden I get ready to. I'm getting ready to yell because it's loud, and everything just. (laughs) It's like, okay, I'm going, I'm going. You know, it just everything got quiet. I said, "Hey, bro." He goes, "Yeah, man." I said, "If you knew, I mean, you knew that God was coming back tomorrow. Jesus Christ was coming back tomorrow at twelve o'clock. What would you do different today?" And he just stopped. He put his tools down. He goes, "I guess I need to get saved." I said yeah I said what would stop you From doing that today Remember what I said Right to the edge He said You know I've been asking you a lot of questions here lately He said and God is doing The work in my life And I believe that He said I'm just trying to get it all straight in my head And I thought Lord Lord He's this close to, to just saying, I need you, Lord. He's not even fighting to say he doesn't need. He's just trying to sort it all out. See, a lot of times we try to find God up here with this. We find him here in our heart. Amen? It's, you know, a lot of things doesn't don't always make perfect sense. That's where faith comes in. Amen? That close. I ask you to pray for my workmate because I believe God's going to do a mighty work in his life. Just give him the pieces of the puzzle. Now there was a time in my life I said, "Man, you need Jesus, man. What's wrong with you?" <laughs> he probably would have picked up his wrench back up, right? But what the Lord has shown me is that's His job. My job is to deliver the message, to give him that daily sermon, to encourage him right where he is. I said, "Man, I'm going to tell you what, buddy." I said, "Here's all the pieces of the puzzle." I said, "God loves you. Jesus Christ paid a price for your life. All of sin and fall short of the glory of God. You believe?" They said, "Yeah." And I said, he's the only way to heaven, man. And I prayed that tonight, before you close your eyes, that you call on the name of Jesus. See, the second part of that question was going to be this. The first question I said, if you knew Christ was coming back tomorrow, how would you live different today? What would you do? And then my follow-up question would have been, how do you know he's not coming back today? See, sometimes they want to wait till the 11th hour, the last minute. What happens if he comes back at 10.30? What happens on your way home? You don't make it home. How many people on 9-11 do you think thought they were going to come home that day? I'd say brother everybody. You know? I mean, we plan and we do, and I think we ought to be, you know, I think we ought to be prepared, but we never know. But the preparation that we need to have is the preparation when we do leave this place. Let me tell you, the preparation we need is that. I've been to places, people they say, do, do you think they're saved? Do you think they saved That's between them and God. But when I leave here, I want you to know that I'm saved. Right? Why? Because that's a great comfort to everybody else. That's a difference in the celebration of life. And oh, I hope so. Amen? Because we're going to miss our loved ones. But when we have that promise, amen? And I always tell them this. God is so graceful, gracious in his love for us. If that person called on the name of Jesus on their last breath, God is able and willing to save them. But why wait? Why wait? Today is the day of salvation. That's not even a message. That's just that's just getting started. You know what? That is the message. That's always the message. But we got some more to go with. Everybody doing okay? So you know what? With all that being said, I just continue to pray for those folks that I that I I uh, run into. Oh man, I almost forgot this. Another story. So that was at work. Now, if y'all know me and Jesse, we love to go to Chili's on Fridays, man. We go to we get a two for twenty. We got our same seat. We see people there all the time. That's our thing. That's our dad night, man. And we go there and we get there. And it's funny how people will remember you, even if you don't remember them, right? We're eating and this guy comes up to the table and he goes, "Hey, buddy," and I go, "How you doing?" And I'm thinking, where's I know him from? Where I, where, you know, is it from churches, from this, from this, this, this? He said, I know you probably don't remember me, but we were in shop class in 10th grade. I was like, my God, I try to forget about shop class. Y'all know how I do with tools. I'm thinking, oh, God, don't say anything in front of my son. And I start immediately looking to make sure he had all his fingers because I thought, oh that I heard this guy out of the shop or something. And he's looking at it. And he goes, yeah, man, you, you, you know. And I said, yeah, man. I remembered the car he drove. And we started talking a little bit. And, uh, we talked a little more. And I think he's probably following some stuff on Facebook and stuff. And I try to do like a daily devotion there and do a few things on that. And, uh, and he talks for a little bit. And he says, uh, he had a motorcycle. And I, I said, oh, that's your motorcycle. We're talking a little bit, you know. I said, well, it's really good to talk to you. He said, well, you have a blessed day. I start eating. Guess who comes back? Hey, man. How you doing? Do you want to sit with us? I mean, we got room. No, 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 no. So uh, what else has been going on? I start talking about Jesus a little bit. Man, now, now he said, Man, praise the Lord. That's good. That's great. Isn't it amazing when you start talking about Jesus? People that may not even be saved get religious. Right? They start, oh yeah, yeah. But but do you know Jesus? So then I, I, I get the chips down. I suggest I'm gonna hit the restroom, I'll pay and we'll be ready to go. I go to the bathroom, and all of a sudden, <laughs> hey man. <laughs> I go, hi. <laughs> Way. He goes, uh, listen to this. He said, I'm sitting up. Now. Look, God's working in this. I'm sitting up at the bar. I don't care where he's sitting. I'll I jump right up at the bar and tell you about Jesus. Don't make no difference to me. He said, I'm sitting at the bar with this guy, and this guy's really going through a tough time. He said, Can you counsel him? I said, Well, I'm not a counselor, but I'll encourage anybody I can in the Lord. I said, Bring him to our table. And if not, give me the night. I'll go talk to him. Don't make no difference to me. If there's a, If there's a door to walk through for Jesus, I'm ready. So I said, let me wash my hands. I'll be right there. <laughs> so I come back and he goes to talk to this guy. And I see him. There. I said, okay. So I'm ready to go. But you know what? I don't mind taking a few minutes with somebody else. Hey, Amen. See, we get so busy in our schedule. We'll just take a while. Out, you know, maybe later. Maybe. No, I was like right there. Just said, so you ready? I said, almost. Almost. So my buddy comes back. And he said, he said, he's going through a tough time. But he's just not ready to talk to anybody about it. He's kind of frozen right there. You see what I'm saying? But that's all right because we go out to the car and the guy walks with me and just all the way out to the car and he's still asking about things of the Lord and everything else and we're talking to him. We invite him into church and everything else. But but he's not ready to come to church. But guess what? God will use a lot of things as a crowbar. He'll use a guitar for a 6 ring crowbar. He'll use maybe, you know, uh, anything, cooking, nice uh, conversation, anything, or a motorcycle. So I said, is that your bike over there? He goes, yeah, yeah. I said, man, that's really nice. He goes, how about we go riding sometime and we can talk some more? I said, anytime, man. I'm the only buddy chapman in the book. Look it up. All three of those guys had an interest, had the Lord pulling on them, and they would get right to the edge and go back. Right to the edge. And go back. That's why every week. Every week we're in here. We always give people an opportunity. To call on the name of Jesus. Right. Somebody might sit here 27 times. Somebody might sit here for two years. But that's the day. Today's the day I believe. That somebody's going to say I need Jesus. Amen. And we don't want to miss that opportunity. Because we want to see that conversion in their life. And then when we do that. We can rest. In the finished work of the cross. Amen. We can rest in that. Do you have confidence in Christ. Amen. Do you have the confidence of Christ in you? If you're a born again believer, that means that you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. That means that the spirit of God is living in us. I want you to have confidence like Christ. Amen. And how do we build that confidence? He says, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. That's why we speak the word of God. That's why we want to read the word of God. That's why we have all the opportunities we could think of to build you up in the word of God. Amen. Because we want you to have confidence in Christ. Everybody doing good? Say amen. Amen. All right. Everybody taking notes? Both of you. All right. Let's keep on rolling. Qualified. Man. Now, I know I've got a couple of school teachers in here, and they have to get qualified all the time. I ain't never seen so many qualifications in my life. I don't think they have that many qualifications being a president. Y'all got, what is it? You got to go back and get your re-licensers. You got to go back and you got to do And you got to pay for it. You got to do this. I mean, all these things. You got to be qualified and qualified and qualified. And I think being qualified is great. But you know what? Let's take a look at this. Verse 5, 2 Corinthians 3, 5. We read it through. I'm going to pick out some of these right here. It is not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own. Our qualification comes from God. You see what Paul was saying? It wasn't he was beating his chest and boasting about him. He said, you know what? It's all about the Lord. Time and time again, we're coming up about 17 years of ministry coming next year, praise God. And we go out when we can, whatever, the Lord opens some doors, we go to play music, we do mission trips or whatever like that. The number one thing somebody will ask you, I've heard it a hundred million times if we've been that many times, what church do you go to? They want to size you up. And then they ask, how big is it? And I always tease them. I always say, I don't know. I say it's probably about 70 by 120. They go, what? So they say, "We don't know how many people you're talking to. Everything else. I had a guy one time who was a preacher. He asked me, he said, what's the biggest crowd you ever talked to? I said, what day? What do, you, what do you mean what day? Well, if I'm at bay days, I'm talking to everybody I can at bay days. You know, if I'm at home, I'm talking to anybody I can about Jesus. It doesn't make no, any, no difference. But see, they get wrapped around the statistics. They get wrapped around all those things. And it's easy to. And let me tell you, I love it when the place is full. But somebody, get if you've got one person in here and they receive Jesus Christ, I'm going to still do a backflip. Amen? It doesn't matter. But let me tell you what. Making a difference. A life at a time. A life at a time. You know? Got young folks coming in here, here and preaching, man, today. That's awesome, man. That's amazing. Got mature people in here. Listen, see, how smart right there. Wisdom of God. Mature people listening, right? And we got people listening online later on today, all over the world because of your faithfulness and your giving and your praying and all those things. But you know what? Our qualification comes from God. That's what I want you to see. Your qualification, you're qualified in God. I love this verse. I probably say it every week. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That means you didn't get good enough. You didn't clean up. See, see, I know my friend at work wants to clean up first. I said, don't waste your time. You can't clean up, buddy. That's why Jesus came. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. Look at this here. Romans 5.1. Got a lot of good scriptures for you guys to write down and, and just uh, keep in your heart. Amen. Mm. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. So, how are we justified? By what faith? Come on now, surely I got to do something else. I mean, I got to add to it, right? No. By trusting the finished work of God. Mm. You mean I, I don't have to work or sing or weed eat the church or any of those things? No. And I said this anything you do after the point that you call upon the Lord Jesus Christ, that's just obedience to what God asks you to do. You don't have to do any of those things. Amen? All you got to do is trust the Lord Jesus Christ. I will say this, let me, let me clarify this. When you love somebody, you like to do stuff with them, for them, spend time with them, and grow, grow in that relationship, don't you? Amen. It's the same thing with God, because it's a personal relationship. If you just tell your wife on that day, honey, I love you, I'll see you in 30 years, <laughs> that's not much of a relationship, amen? But you want to grow in that. You want to enjoy each other, amen? Got time for another story? I got a lot of stories this week. Had to get some tires on Denise's car yesterday. Oh, Lord, somebody pray. Yes. So anyway, we go, and I said, I'm going to go to Costco. And I called a guy, and he said, man, you got to be here at 9. I said, I'll be here at 9. I get there at 9. They don't open until 9.30. But then when I got there at 9, I knew why he said be there at 9, because there was a lot of people there. And it was cold, and Denise was like, just park over here, and you can go up there. And <laughs> I said, okay. I'm over here. So I wait to the last minute, and there's a few people there. And she said, you better go, people. Come. I said, I'll get up there in a minute. You better get right there. You be, we got stuff to do today. So I jump out and I see this older gentleman with a cane, and I'm thinking I could beat him to the door. <laughs> that is not what I'm thinking, but, but but the people that are already there, that's what they're thinking. So the guy's getting out of his car, and I'm watching this gentleman, and a car comes by. So I go, I get. Now I'm really stepping up. I know they're going look at that long hair, Harley Davidson jacket, We're leaving that old man out there in the dust and everything else. So I get up there, and the gentleman starts coming over. And right when he starts to get up the step, I don't know if he sees the step. And I go, I go, hey, sir. He goes, hey, friend. I said, be careful. Watch that step right there. And I help him up over there. And I put him right in front of me. Right up there in front of me. In a way, I was going to knock him down or anything like that. He had a stick. No, I'm teasing. I'll tease it. <laughs> so we're there, and guess what happens? Relationship breaks out. Jesus starts breaking out. And I said, you got to get some tires. He said, yeah, my wife's car is thumping and bumping. I said, mama don't like riding the car if it ain't right. I said, that's what's happening to me. We already got some common ground there, right? And he's talking a little bit then, And he told me this. Now the people are coming around. Look at this. This is, this is a sermon right here. People are coming around because they're pressing in, man. It's getting close to 930. And the guy's talking, right? He's just talking about tires. He said, I know one thing. I don't, I don't like the car. If it's not right, I don't want to run into somebody. He said, you know what, all the years, he said, I work. I used to work at the shipyard. You ever work at the shipyard? I said, yeah. He said, you look familiar. I said, okay. That's all right. I'll get back to that part in a minute. And he says, one day I was backing up, and he backed into this lady's car, didn't know, backed into this car. And he said, I put a note on the windshield, and I figured she would they would call me. Never called me. He said, so the next day I went back. I didn't see the note. He said, I guess the note got blown off. He said, but I stayed after work. And this lady come out. He said, ma'am, she said, yes. He said, I backed into your car. I left the note. I want to make it right. What's he doing? He's testifying right now. Everybody's going. Everybody's listening, right? And so I'm thinking, oh, yeah, we're going to talk about Jesus in here. boy. We're ready. So we go. And he said, I'll tell you what I did. He said, she said, don't worry about it. He said, uh, no, I'm going to make that right. He got the model of her car. He went down to of the Chevrolet. He bought the grill. And he took it back and he waited. To so the next time she came back, he said, here's your girl. You can have somebody put it on. You can meet me somewhere I put it on there. I want to make it right. And it blew that lady away. He said, God's been so good to me. He said, son, I couldn't, I couldn't leave that. I said, you know what? And now everybody's listening. I said, well, we got him now. He don't even know he's preaching. He just, he's just being a daily sermon. Amen? That's where the message is coming from. And God's just playing it out. He said, I, I couldn't do that. I said, well, good for you. I said, that's amazing. I said, sir, you know, you look like somebody that you would never be afraid to tell them about Jesus. Oh, my gosh, I lit the candle. He said, oh, no way. I love telling people about Jesus. He said, and he just started. I said, well, i just sit back. I said, man. And people are just sitting there, and he's talking about the Lord. He told me a couple of stories. And then we go in, and there's more people. And he's still telling me about the Lord, right? And I'm just, and I'm asking a couple of questions, and he's just talking about the Lord. He said, you know what? He said, I lost this. I want to tell you the rest of this story because guess what? It wasn't that everything went great in this man's life. He told me that he lost a son in Virginia Beach. The the, the friends and family went over there and he got caught in a riptide and his son, it it passed away. And he coupled that with this. He said, but God's been good to me. He said, you know what? Years ago, he says, uh, he worked at the shipyard. He said, we were on top of a submarine. He said, it was just as slick as a ribbon. Slick as a ribbon on there. He said a guy was horse playing and a guy shoved me on the top of a, 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 a submarine. He was in a dry dock. If you haven't been there, a dry dock is, is just a big old, like a football field and a tall like this and there's nothing in it when it's, when it's dry. They, bring, they float the boat in there, pump the water out and they can work on it. I mean, you're like four stories up there. And this guy shoved this man playing and the man fell and it scared, the guy just froze, the other guy. And he said, the Lord gave me, he said, it had to be the Lord's son. He said, my hands cupped. Now, this the side of a submarine is like this. He said, my hands cupped on there just like, just like I had suction cups on the side of it. And he said, I crawled back up the side. And the guy said, my God, I'm so sorry I could have killed you. And he said, I talked to him for 20 minutes about the Lord. Isn't that something? I said, that's amazing. And, of course, I told him about my mom and God... Uh, Healing her eyes, and he he got his cane going. He's praising the Lord, man, and everybody's going. I'm just one of the times I didn't know we were going to have a, a revival, but that's okay. <laughs> See, because it's it's daily sermons, amen. Sermon every day, and he told me he says, you know what? He says I got in a car wreck one time. And he said, let me tell. You, he came back after he paid. He came back and talked to me again. He said, he said uh, one time me and my wife were going with our family. He said my, my one of my, my kids were real little. He said, we were right there on like Orchid Avenue over there by the Sears building. He said, I heard these, this tire squealing. Eee, eee. It was a terrible album. He said, it had been raining. And he said, right before I heard this, my wife had the baby. said, this is going way back. He didn't have all the car seats and stuff like that. She said, she just put a, uh, a raincoat over the child. Keep him on. Boom. Car hit his car. He said, son, it knocked the engine in my car sideways. My wife was sitting in the seat and broke the seat. He said, we were dazed. I didn't know what was going on. He said, gas is leaking, everything else. He said, where's my baby? Where's my baby? He said, that baby was right down at my wife's feet. And that uh, raincoat was wrapped around like swaddling around there, like a burrito. Never even, never even a nick. He said, so I'm going to tell you God's good. Is God good? All the time. Even when things don't come down the pipe like we think they should. Now, here's the funny part of the story, if y'all was listening last week. He said, you look familiar. He said, what do you do? I said, well, I, I share Jesus a little bit. He said, you're a preacher. I said, yeah. He said, you're on TV. <laughs> I said, no, that's MacGyver. <laughs> <laughs> he said, who? I said, <laughs> I said, no, no. I said, but... Uh, <laughs> I thought, man, I got to get a haircut. (laughs) But that was so funny. He said, said, hey, he said, I know you're on TV. I was like, "Uh, no, that's somebody else. The reason I went into all those stories is because where were we doing church? Everyday life. Preaching a daily sermon. He was ready to give account right then for what God had been doing in his life. He didn't care how long the line was. He didn't care how slow the people were. He didn't care because he's used it as an opportunity. To praise God, amen. He was confident in Christ. Amen. And the confidence of Christ was in him. Because he had walked with the Lord and saw what the Lord would do, amen. God is willing to do it in each of our lives, amen. Qualified in Christ, amen. Let's keep on going. Another <coughs> scripture here. Second Corinthians, and I rolled all the way over and I went through the, Second through Corinthians, reading a lot of that. Uh, this week, chapter 5, verse 20. And it says, so we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. When I met that fellow, all he was doing was praising the Lord. He was a great ambassador for Christ. What does an ambassador do? Represents. How do we represent Christ? Some days better than others. This is not a message to beat you up. It's to lift you up. Amen. This is a message to lift you up. We're qualified in Christ. Let's go back and read a couple of these again. It is not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own. Our qualification comes from God. That man never once said, look what I'm doing. Look what, Look at this. He always pointed to praise to God. The whole time. Amen. When we, what did we see a couple of weeks ago? When we humble ourselves, God will exalt us. Right? When we turn around and say, you know, hey, it's all about him. But God knows the motives of our heart. But let me tell you, when you have an encounter with Christ, when you have an encounter with God, we find out who's in charge real fast. It's God. It's God. Have you ever been sometimes, sometimes people be in here and we're preaching and the tears will start falling. Guess what? That's God moving in your life. You know? Have you ever been somewhere and you just see like maybe a brand new baby and all you can do is cry? It's amazing. It's amazing. Just say, my God. I've often wondered this: how can people believe that there's not God when they see a child born? Absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. And if you don't believe that then, when they're teenagers, you will be calling out to them. Amen? (laughs) You say, Lord, I need you. I need you. Right? All the time. But it's just so powerful to see God at work in our daily lives over and over and over. I want to talk to you just a little second here about God's love and God's justice. I talk a lot about grace because you know what? I love God's grace. Amen? But God is justice. Amen? That means... What does it say that the the sin, the the, the soul that sins will die? Amen. A couple of questions here. Did God deal with sin? He dealt with sin. Totally on the cross. Amen. Because God is justice. He can't say, okay, well, boys will be boys. Don't worry about it. He said, no. Sin has to be dealt with. I'm going to finish the rest of the story. So everybody that's feeling convicted, just hold on. There's more to the story. Amen. He's going to deal with the sin. He's going to deal with the sin. Amen. When did he deal with the sin? At the cross. Amen. So was your sin and my sin paid for? It was paid for. Right. So then we read in Romans 8, chapter 8, when it says, Therefore, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Do you believe it? Because it's already been taken care of. Right? It's already been paid for. We couldn't afford it. God, now, now look at this. That's God's justice. Sin, payment. The payment was what? Christ's life. Every lash. Every sickness. Every single thing. Not just then, for eternity, for the world. Amen? And then there's God's love. That's where we come in. Under the new covenant of God's grace. He loves us. Our sin was punished on the body of another. His name's Jesus Christ. See, that's why we get excited. That's why I get excited when I think about that. You ever had anybody pay a, pay a huge debt for you? Whew. Some people might say, Nobody ever gave me anything. Now, that, that, that may be true. But I'm going to tell you what God gave you. He gave you a brand new start, He gave you His Son, if you'll receive it. You know, sometimes, you know, when we talk to people, I haven't been through a lot of stuff that other people have been through, and that's okay. Because what you've been through, you can minister to somebody else when they're going through it. If you've been broke and somebody hasn't been broke, somebody's going through something that they're broke, then you can minister to them because you said, man, I came out the other side. If you've been through a divorce and you come through, if you've lost a loved one or a friend or something like that, you've been through that, you can be used to encourage somebody else in Christ. Amen? Do you believe that? Think about that. Because I want to talk to the guy that made it through the other side. Amen? I want to talk to the guy that said, like, oh, I've been here and now I'm here. How? Jesus. But you think about that. I use this in, uh, illustration a lot. If you've got a house payment, raise your hand. If you've got a rent or something like that, okay, okay. What happens if I say, well, everybody's got a house payment. Come on right here. I'm going to go ahead and write a check and pay it off. How would you feel? Free? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. First in line. Because usually that's one of the biggest debts that we have. I'm just trying to correlate it to something. The biggest debt that we have. Amen. And, and, and for somebody to say, you know what? I love you so much, I'm going to go amen. So, how would you treat that person? And I, so I don't want anything, I don't want you to, to become my slave or this or that or hold it over your head. I did that because I love you. How would you treat me then? You, you'd like to think, man, you know, if there's something you need, you'd like to think, man, you love me that much. When you consider, man, I want to know this person. Now, let's just move on up here. Look at the debt that was paid. For your salvation and mine. God paid that. How much more is that? How much more is that? It's priceless. We can never pay enough. We can never earn it. We can never do anything like that. I just wanted to give you just a little picture in your minds of, of that freeing uh, gift that God gives us. If we get a hold of that and understand that we're qualified in Christ, why do we live terrified in fear and doubt? depressed and all that. I don't know. I think because we haven't got a proper picture of what's been paid for. You see what I'm saying? I don't think we've got a proper picture of the new covenant. Amen? Let's talk about that. Verse six says, he has enabled us to be ministers of his new covenant. This is a covenant not not of written laws, but of the spirit. The old covenant ends in death. But under the new covenant, the spirit gives life. Isn't that amazing? It gives a life. Everything about Christ gives life, gives life, gives life. And so many times we think that we're, when we go to church, we think, man, I'm about half dead. i got to go to church. I've got to ah, man, He's still talking, man. Another story. You know, sometimes we think that instead of going, man, I get to. I get to. Can you do that? I, I'm like one of those guys squirrel, I love seeing you folks in here. I'm so glad you're here, sweetie. But you know what? A lot of times we look at things and we just go, wow. You know, when I looked over the first thing and it said, it's just childlike faith. No. I want you to know that, you know, that you're welcome. I want you to know that you're loved here. I want you to know that we care about you. I want you to know that this is for you. This is for me. What are we going to do about that? How do we cash in on that? We cash in on it by faith. Amen. That's how we do and I just pray today that we understand that, you know what? As, as we grab, grab hold of that, what was my first question? How many preachers do we got here today? What does it say? He has enabled us to be ministers of the newcomer helpers, right? Be used. How can God use you this week in your situation? Every single person. If you're a grandmother, you could read a Bible story. If you're a granddad, you could, you could tell, them, tell them about a story, how God brought you through something. All those things. You could pray with them. You could be that role model. You could, you could do all those things. There's something. There's, you're, you're never too old, and you're never too young. It's, it's just so great. And a matter of fact, I think sometimes when we get older now, we should have been through a few things, and we should be a little bit calmer and a little bit more patient, right? And maybe that's even a, a greater ministry For those that maybe are retired or have some extra time. Most people figure we don't have any extra time. Well, you know what? I can tell you this, that God will multiply your time. God will do that. I talked to somebody the other day. He said, I don't have any idea what you do. What you been doing? I said, well, I work 40 hours a week out there. I work whatever we do here. Uh, We try to do some band practice when we can. We visit the hospitals. We do this to take care of my mom. I'm not saying anything what I do. I'm saying, and they go, and you do this? And I say, yeah, and I still want the band practice to see my boy play, and I help my son move, and I do all this. I want to live this life, man. Let me tell you, when they put this thing in the ground, they're going to say, wow, there ain't nothing left. I want to I enjoy my family. I want to enjoy my friends. I want to enjoy my, my church family. I want God to say, Well done, good and faithful servant, man. I want when I fall over, I want to be pointing to Jesus. You know, I want to just keep going and going and going. But I get tired sometimes. Y'all get tired? And so I have to be sure that I fill back up on God. I have to make sure that, you know, as I'm going and running the race, sometimes my priorities get just a little tweaked. How about yours? And so what do we got to do? We got to come back and center on this. And realize, you know what, we get to, we don't got to. Does that make sense? We get to do these things. We don't got to do these things. But you know what, don't you want to do these things? Don't you want people to know about Jesus? How can anybody, I can't get this, help me if you know. How can anybody know the God, know the God of the Bible, receive the God of the Bible, walk in the things of God of the Bible, and not want to share it with somebody else? I, I don't know that. And if that's, and now that doesn't mean you have to be up here preaching or do anything like that. But I can tell you what, it's amazing. Just popped in my head. Jesse's got a, a friend that's, that's a teacher and she is so good to him. Knew him for a couple of years. You know, they don't talk all the time or anything else. You know, last night in that rainstorm everything else, she went to go listen to him play. You know, that's amazing. That's powerful because it just impacted their lives. You know, it doesn't do anybody any, any more better than a mom and dad. Say, man, you know, we really, we really think a lot of your children. Amen. You know, and I'm not putting them up here like this because I can tell you, I, I'm just happy that because sometimes, you know what? I'm sure my folks didn't get the good report all the time. Amen. Even if I wrote it, it probably wouldn't be good. You know, I say, would you tell my folks that to be like, you better put some money with that. There's no way. But you know what? When you see people trying to make a difference and they're touching lives, that's amazing. You know why? Because I believe through that, you know what? He can be ministering. And they can be ministering to him. See, a lot of times you, think, you might not think, you think, well, what in the world can I do if I'm 14 years old? You'd be surprised if you speak into somebody's life. See, we sell the kids out way too too fast, too cheap, man. And sometimes they look at stuff just so pure and so on. And they'll say, well, Dad, why didn't you do that? And I go, ah, I don't know. That's a good idea. You know? But I'm going to tell you what. Everybody matters. And God wants you to know that, you know what, daily service you can preach one. I don't care if you're five years old, if you're 105 years old. Because I tell you what, we've been qualified, and we have the confidence of Christ, and we're honored a the new covenant. Amen. Let's keep on rolling. And with that, you have a circle of impact. What do you mean by that? You're going to talk to people at your work that I will probably never see. You're going to talk to people on the road. You're going to talk to people in your family that I might not see or anything else. And so with that, you have an opportunity to speak into their life. So what, 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 what do you want us to do with all this information? I pray that you get encouraged today to realize that you know what you are, who God says you are, that you have been equipped, you can have the confidence of Christ, and I want us to have the boldness to speak to somebody like when we get back to college, amen? See, she's going to go back to college in a couple of hours is what she said. I said, how long are you home for, baby? She said, a few hours. I said, well, I'm glad we got you. You know what? You're not here by mistake. God's giving you this message so you can take it back and share it in your dorm or wherever it's at. And you know, that's amazing. On your job. In your family. And I know for a fact that sometimes it's the toughest dealing with your family. Glad my family didn't say anything there. (laughs) (laughs) But it is. It is sometimes. You only want the best for your family. You love them. But you know what? There's other people that need Jesus too. Not just your family. All over the place. I go back and and while I'm speaking on this. I picture walking up with that man yesterday at Costco. I really wish I could have, because I, I was watching their faces when I was walking up there. I'm going back to the story, and I would look. It looked like I was trying to be that that, that elderly gentleman up there, so, so I'd be in line before him. And you ought to saw their face when I turned. Let me help you right here, sir. Put him right there. That's a daily sermon right there. Right there. You know what else? You know what else happened there? When he began, to, I almost forgot about this. There was a guy that sat out there he was freezing the whole time, reading the paper. And there was probably about 10 people. You know what that man said? As soon as the door opened, he said, that lady is first. That man's second. That man's third. And I'm fourth and everything else like that. I really believe it spurred him on to say, you know, no, no, no. We're not going to stand by and have somebody run past people. I've always had uh, a heart for, for the elderly. I, I can't, I can't take it, man. I, I want them to treat, I want them to treat it with respect. And guess what? I'm on my way there. I got a birthday coming up in January, right? Yeah, praise the Lord. But you know what? But you know what? Isn't it sometimes people just push back? Oh yeah, oh yeah. What happened? What happened? When I was little, my folks told me, you know, that's your grandmother. She needs something, you take care of it. That, that, that's your aunt, that's it. That's the lady across the street, you know? And so you bring your kids up like that. See, your kids don't think you're watching. You know, got an elder couple across crosshair that lives next door going through a tough time. And I go home and I'm doing something and I see Thomas pull up and he sees him get out of the car. <laughs> Helps him out of the car. Help him get the wood in the house. Again, please, I'm not, I'm not just saying my kids, this is, this is, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that, you know what, it sure does your heart good when you see a seed that you, th- that you threw out, start to grow to the fullness. I pray that God sees the seeds that he's throwing out in our house, uh, in our hearts, to grow to the fullness. Because you know what? He paid way too high a price. You know, when Miss Tanya was praying, she was talking about today, we were praying over the message and we are praying for folks coming in today, that our hearts would be open and fertile to get the seed of the Lord, the word of the Lord, so that it would spring up and bring forth fruit. I hope through the stories today, maybe, see, people will remember a story when they won't remember anything else. Who is God going to put in front of you and line up? Maybe you can help. Who is God going to, who's going to you know, uh, whose car are you going to back into? You know, if that happens, how are you going to respond? You know, I pray those things don't happen, but guess what? We live in life. And as we live life, there's a lot of stuff that happens. Amen. But take a look at this. You don't know what you have. Excuse me. If you don't know what you have, you won't experience his best. How's that tie in? I want you to know the truth about God that he loves you. I want you to know that your sins are forgiven. I want you to know that, you know what? Regardless of your past, God says you're worth it. I want you to know that today could be a new day, a fresh start. I want you to know that God has called us to be a daily sermon in front of people every day. You say, man, I just don't feel qualified. Well, let's go back to that slide if we have to take them notes. You're qualified in Christ. We should have the confidence in Christ. When Christ paid the fullness of what he did. We ought to know that we're worth it. Amen. Do you feel worth it today? Amen. I pray that you do. Because sometimes we don't. Amen. Sometimes we just don't feel worth it. We just, well, man, you just don't know about the argument I got in on the way here. You don't know what I did last week. You You know what? I don't need to know. God knows. And he still sent Jesus for you and me. Amen. I want to go back to the thing I talked about for just a minute. On the justice and on the love. God is a righteous, holy, and just God. Nobody's going to crawl under the fence when they leave and say, man, I just, hey, I got into heaven. No, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Many of y'all have seen this, and I haven't done it in a long time, but I feel like I'm supposed to do this today. Our lives a lot of times get bent over and out of whack and everything else. And I've said this many times. Sometimes I feel like a dunce at the end of the day. But the more I lean on the Lord and I see what he's done in my life. And I realize that he's a God that is justice. Look at a courtroom. People say, "I want justice. I want justice. I want. I want." They got to ante up. They got to pay. And you know what? For my sin, God said, "Okay, there's going to be stripes on my son's back. There's going to be beaten, and he's going to be spit upon, and all those different things are going to happen because of your sin, and my sin. But on that third day, I got some good news for you. For all those that call upon the name of the Lord, they will know that it has been satisfied in the cross of Christ. Amen." Have you put your faith and trust in the finished work of the cross? I pray today that you have. Let us pray. Father God, I I just praise you today. I praise you that somehow through the message, Lord, move me out of the way and your spirit just touch the hearts of your people. If you're sitting here today and you say, well, I don't know if I'd go to heaven or not, don't freeze up and stand on the sidelines. No. You can know, you can know, you can know. Please listen. While you were yet sinners, Christ died for you. We're born into sin. All of sin and fall short of glory, God. But today I'm telling you that it's a new day. And today I'm telling you that Jesus Christ loves you. And he loves you so much that he came and paid a price to buy you back out of that sin. And set you in the family of God. But you know what? You cash in on that today by calling on his name. So if you're here today and you're not sure that you go to heaven. I want you to look up here while I'm talking because I want you to know. Today you can know. Without a shadow of the doubt, without a shadow of a doubt, you say, well, "How can I know?" Jesus, we just said all the sin was paid for, Amen. At the cross, did you receive that? I pray today that you receive that. You ask the Lord, "Come into my life and forgive me of my sin." The Bible says if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in the heart of God, raise him from the dead, you will be saved. Whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. If that's you, look right here. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. Today you can know. Amen. Amen. I want you to know. Pray this right from your heart, right where you're at. Dear Lord, come into my life and forgive me of my sin. Today I'm trusting in you and the finished work, Lord. I understand it today, Lord. And the best I can understand, I just, I just want you to know that I'm calling on your name, Lord. And if that's you today, I just thank God for your truthfulness. I thank God that you said, you know what, yes to Jesus. And don't leave here without telling somebody say, you know what, I said yes to Jesus today. He's my Savior, and I want to walk this out. Father God, there's folks here, and myself, and, you know, walk with the Lord a long time, but sometimes we get sidetracked. Sometimes we don't put you first. Sometimes we just blow it. Sometimes we're selfish, Lord. Forgive us, Lord, and just continue to make a way in our life. Help us to be that daily sermon. Help us to help that older person. Help us to to train up that young child. Help us to to speak life into our marriages and our families and our loved ones. Help us to see the best in a bad situation, Lord. We have a choice. Help us to choose your eyes when we look at others and your heart when we serve. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. Yes, indeed.